Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a guest on today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Julie. I am Fit Happy Healthy Kales on Instagram. Um, I go to Grand Valley State University. It's in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I'm studying exercise science to become a physical therapy, physical physical therapist. Um, So that's a whole another three year long grad program. Um, And yeah, I just have a huge passion for running, lifting, fitness, all things active, healthy eating, eating disorder recovery and anti-diet culture type stuff. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. So with our to get into things, how did you get into running? What's your background there? Yeah. Yeah. So I got into running because my mom was a runner. She had always like, I'd grown up with her, like going on runs and stuff like that. Like I would always bike next to her. And in seventh grade, I started running with her on her runs. So I wasn't allowed to start running with her until I was 12. That was like a milestone. I was super excited. Um, and then from there, I decided to join track in middle school because my eighth grade year, I had gone into a treatment program for my eating disorder. So I wasn't able to join dance and soccer like I normally had done. So instead I decided to join track because I was like, okay, I don't know what else to do. And I like kind of like running. So I guess I'll, I'll try it out. And I ended up loving it. So now we're here. That's awesome. Yeah. So you've been doing it for what, like nine years now, 10 years? Yeah. Almost 10 years now. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And with running obviously comes injuries. And I know you've kind of mentioned that on your social media. Um, Walk us through kind of like injury history and what you think caused them, led up to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right off the bat, I started really, really struggling with injury um, starting in eighth grade when I joined track. Um, first it was just a series of like muscle strains and Achilles tendonitis type stuff. Um, but then it just gradually over time just started getting more and more severe. Like I got like my Achilles tendonitis started like flaring up every two weeks. And then I got patellar tendonitis and I got ITBN syndrome and then all the stress fractures started and I ended up getting a stress fracture in my metatarsals, which are the bones in the top of your feet. Um, my ankle, um, my fibula, my pelvis and my sacrum. So I just, it just progressively just got worse and worse. Um, and it was because of my history with underfueling that like, that was the direct cause for all of the injuries because I had my bone density checked and my bone density was very, very below the, you know, like the, the average normal, set yeah. point, yeah, for someone my age and like my history and everything. So, yeah, that was definitely the leading contributor to all of the stress fractures and everything. And then all of the muscle strains, like that just comes from not fueling your body adequately. So, I wasn't giving my body enough fuel to recover from workouts and then also not enough time off in between hard workouts. Like, I would go hard every single day because, like, it was my, partly my eating disorder, but then partly my eating or partly me wanting to be the absolute best runner that I could. And then that kind of further perpetuated my eating disorder because I was like, okay, in order to be faster, I have to be thinner. So it was just kind of a never ending cycle of yeah. underfueling and 
overtraining and yeah, it was just, just a mess overall. Yeah. And it's like a never ending cycle of just small injuries too. Cause you get injured and you're off for two weeks with a strain, but you're not feeling your body enough to actually recover it because you know, you're in that mindset of thinner is faster. So you get back to running and you're just another muscle strain again and again. Um, but mentioning your low bone density, did you have to take time off running? Well, obviously for recovery, you probably took some time off, correct? Yeah. So I was in recovery from my eating disorder through my eighth grade year. So I, the weight restoration happened pretty quickly because I was in a partial hospitalization program and then an intensive outpatient program at a hospital. So during that time, like I didn't go to school, like didn't, I wasn't allowed to do sports, literally wasn't allowed to do anything besides go to the hospital every single day and was fed. I think it was like three, no, it was two meals and two snacks. So that was pretty much my life for a few months. And then I was allowed to start gradually adding back in activity again, as my weight started to stabilize, my blood work started to stabilize and everything. Um, but then with all the injuries came time off that I really had no choice but to take off. So, um, I took off every single winter in between cross country and track seasons, which was really unfortunate because my school had an indoor track team that I could never be a part of during the winter. And then there was also entire seasons that I ended up having to sit out of. I had to sit out of my entire junior year cross country season, almost my entire junior year track season and almost my entire senior year cross country season besides one race at the very end of the season. So yeah, my eating disorder kind of followed me for that long because of the constant underfueling and the not giving my body enough time to repair itself. Yeah. And did you struggle ever with like identity crisis? Um, because I know a lot of runners, it's kind of like that is their life. Um, and so being forced to take time off really, like at least it made me really realize like, okay, this cannot be like my only, the only thing I identify with, or I'm a runner. No, like I'm so much more than a runner. Um, did you struggle with that? And how did you like detach yourself from that identity and kind of like diversify? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually when I dealt with all these injuries, it, I felt like it just further, like, I don't know, for me, at least I know some people like it makes them realize, okay, I'm more than a runner. I have to find other things to fill my time with besides running. Um, but for me, I was like, no, like, okay, th- this is my time to like cross train, like crazy oh, and yeah. be like yeah. the very best runner. I'm going to come back and I'm going to blow everyone out of the water because I'm going to have cross trained so hard. So while I was injured, I literally made cross training my life. Like that was like all mm-hmm. I did with my time. It's all I thought about. Like <laughs> I really didn't have anything else besides cross training when I was injured, just because I, I put so much of my identity in my athletic ability. Um, so actually I didn't start to detach myself from the sport until I went off to college because mm-hmm. I didn't end up running in college. Um, and then I did, I very much had an identity crisis my freshman year of college because for all of high school, I made running my whole identity. Like I was known as the runner and that's just how I was known at high school. And so now I had to completely restart from scratch, barely knew anyone at school, didn't have a cross country team to fall back on for my friend group. 
So that was really, really hard. That was probably one of the hardest times in my life because I was trying to find myself because I completely defined myself by my athletic ability for so long. So that was a really hard time in my life, but just getting, I got really involved with on-campus organizations and I ended up meeting a lot of really, really cool people that introduced me to other cool people. So I made a really great friend group. So I was very, very lucky and blessed in that aspect, but it, it takes time to fully detach yourself from just your identity as an athlete, because for so long, like that's, that's how your coaches and your teammates and everyone knows you is just like the girl who can run like this time and this fast. And she goes on all the invites and stuff. And so to just like not have that anymore, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Did you ever want, like as a high school or did you ever want to run? Do you want in college? Was that ever even like on your radar or even run competitively? And how did your history, like with injuries and underfeeling, like um, affect that? Yeah. So for a while, I really did want to run D1. Um, I think for the first at least like three years. And then by my cross country season of my senior year, I got my sacral stress fracture. And that was a very, very significant stress fracture. Like I had a pretty big crack in my sacrum and I was like, I, this, this has to stop. Like, I, I can't go on like this. Like, I don't want to just keep injuring myself because I didn't know what the long-term impacts would be. So I kind of decided like, cause that was the time, like that was kind of the cutoff. I was like, okay, if I want to run, like I have to make the decision now. So I ended up saying, no, I'm like, my body needs a break. I need to let myself recover. I need to like, cause I was also very burnt out from structured mm-hmm. training plans too, because I had followed a structured running plan and a structured cross training plan for so long that I was just like, I just need to do my own thing and just reevaluate my relationship with exercise and rebuild my relationship with exercise because it was still very toxic at this time. Um, but then by my track season, senior year, I really got my act together the winter senior year. And I started learning about how to properly fuel my body and recover in between workouts. And so I ended up doing really, really well, like the best I've ever done in my life. And I did not even have one injury my senior year track season. So I was like, oh, shoot, like, what if I made the wrong decision about not joining a cross country and track team in college? But, you know, everything happens for a reason. Like, I totally trust in that. And that's just proven to be so true throughout college. Because at first when I entered my freshman year, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what am I doing? Because I was just, you know, going through that identity crisis, like not being able to define myself as an athlete anymore, not having a team. Um, But then throughout college and and just like the different people that I have met and the different organizations that I've been a part of and just the opportunities that have been presented to me, I really realized I was like, okay, yeah, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, that's awesome. And when you make a decision at least I experienced this, especially you're Christian. I know that I'm Christian when I make a decision and like, maybe it's not necessarily what I want, but I know it's like what God wants or what's in line with the way I'm supposed to be living. I just feel like this deep, like peace. Like I know I'm supposed to be here doing this and no matter what else you do, it just feels wrong. Even if you want to be doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, it just feels like it's forced. Yeah. It's like, it should feel very natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so getting to college you said you were kind of like reevaluating your relationship with exercise. 
how did you kind of rebuild it in a healthy way? Did you take time off or like, how did you, yeah, just deal with that whole process? Yeah. So basically I just totally started practicing intuitive movement. Um, like the summer after my track season ended, I just started doing whatever I felt like doing. I was like, okay, like I woke up in the morning. I'm like, okay, I feel like going for a walk today, or I feel like going for a run today or biking or lifting or whatever it is. Um, so I just completely let my body and mind decided what I wanted to do for exercise that day. I didn't plan out anything. I still don't plan out my workout just because I really like fell in love with that style of training. Cause I was like, this literally takes all the stress and pressure off with working yeah. out and there shouldn't be any stress or pressure involving working out because it should be something, it should be an outlet. It should be a way to let out your your stress or frustration or any negative emotions. It's a way to just unwind from a crazy day. Like it should just be something that I look forward to in my free time. So I like totally switched over from a structured training plan to intuitive movement. And then also I started like right after track season, my senior year, I started doing every other day working mm -hmm. out. So I could just give my body that time to just rest and recover and repair itself yeah. after years of being like <laughs> my physical demands just being deplete like physically demanding my body to the point where my muscles bones everything was just depleted so yeah that's what I stuck to for a while and then I gradually started building up just as I felt like oh like I kind of want to work out today like yeah just yeah. totally listening to my body yeah Mentioning your your lifts and your workouts, I know that you you do post your lifts on social media and they're like well structured. They look intense. I've heard people say they're intense. I've done a few myself and they're really good. Um, but how did you get into that and lifting? Was that something you did while you were injured, or was it to be a better runner? Did it segue into that? Yeah. So I my first exposure to lifting was my cross-country coach my freshman year brought in these weightlifting coaches to just take us through weightlifting workouts because weightlifting is amazing for injury prevention amazing for increasing your speed and power as a runner so that's how it kind of started for me and I really saw results like after I started consistently strength training for a couple of weeks I really noticed improvements in my performance so I was like oh my gosh like this is amazing I need to like keep going with this. And so, but I honestly, I didn't know anything about weightlifting. Like they didn't explain anything to us. They were just kind of like, okay, do these exercises. And then they sent us on our, on our way. And then I ended up taking a conditioning class, like a gym class, my sophomore year of high school. And my teacher was incredible. Like he had such a huge passion for weightlifting and his passion became my passion because I was like, well, like, this is so cool. Like I just could feel myself getting so strong and I was like seeing the results in my running. And from there, I just fell in love with it. Like there were where I like, cause I would take the winters off in between seasons. And so I would just use that time to just focus on lifting. And there were times where I was going to track season. I'm like, do I really even want to run track? Like I just love lifting so much. Yeah. Um, but then after high school and I was able to, you know, go to college and do whatever I wanted to do. I really started focusing on lifting a lot more and learned how to better structure workouts. And yeah, it's just been a gradual learning process, continuous learning process, just kind of 
putting bits and pieces of information I learn along the way. And that's how I've kind of structured. That's how we've have the workouts that I have on my page today. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite like lift or do you have a favorite, like, like leg day? Do you like deadlifts, squats? Yeah. I think my favorite is back and biceps. Oh, okay. But I also, I love back squatting. It's just, I always feel so powerful whenever I back squat. So I, I do like legs too. I feel like my least favorite is chest, shoulders, and triceps. I don't I'd know why. It's just like not my thing. It's just not fun. But yeah. 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 <laughs> I like to bench, but after I've benched, I'm over it. I'm like, okay, I can leave now. Yeah, it's, it's time to go. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'll walk in and I'll bench and then I'll do like like the, I, I think it's called the, the tricep pull down. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, good. I work chest, yeah. I work triceps. Let's go. Yeah. Good chest and tricep day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how have you like found a balance between running and lifting? Yeah. So I have always combined the two, like, well, just depending on my energy levels, like again, like the whole intuitive movement thing. Um, so I'll just like, some days if I have a lot of energy and I just like really want to get after it, I'll run and then lift. Or some days I just feel like running and some days I just feel like lifting. So I like totally listen to my body, but how I would recommend structuring it. Like if you're following a training plan, like make sure you do your harder running workouts on leg days, because mm-hmm. then after that, you can just take a few days to just let your legs repair themselves in between your next leg day and your next run. Um, I found that really helpful. Um, and then like on your easier training days, just do your upper body and stuff. Um, but, and you also don't have to lift every single day as a runner. It's not like, if you're not really focused on lifting and like setting all these PRs and stuff like that, and you're just more focused on gaining speed and lowering your times and stuff, just make sure to like focus more on your running and just strength train, like two, three times per week. So it really just depends on your own individual goals, but yeah, I just kind of, and it's probably not the most helpful answer ever, but I just really just let my body guide me in what I do and how I'm feeling. It's important because your body will like let you know. And I think um, it is important to mention, you said, if you're like, if you're in cross country season coming up, don't feel like you need to lift like six days a week and don't expect to be hitting like crazy PRs too because your focus should be running. Um, I know like that's one of my personal goals this cross country season is like, okay, it's, I'm, I'm in cross country. So I'm running and then like lifting is on the back burner, still important. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I think like some of the best runners are lifters too. So I think you can find a good balance between the two, which yeah. is like you've clearly done and you've shown. Um, and then switching gears a little bit to college what was the decision process like for you when you were committing and like what was going through your mind? Was it stressful? How did that all play out? Yeah, I was like, I don't know. Things just like don't hit me as being real until I'm like actually placed in the situation. So for me, it didn't really hit me that I was going to college until I actually started moving into my dorm. And I was like, holy crap, I'm moving into college. So honestly, like for the college decision process, I really was not stressed out at all. I was just like, okay, like I I wanted to stay and stay. I knew that for sure, just because the out-of-state costs are kind of outrageous. So I just decided to apply all the in-state schools that I was attracted to. And 
I toured Grand Valley. It was the very first school that I toured. And then I toured all the rest of them, like actually the same day. And I just fell in love with Grand Valley, like right off the bat. I think it was just because of the set, like the campus is just beautiful. And I absolutely loved the gym. It was so big and you could get in for free as a student. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is my school. And then I like, saw, I visited all the other schools and I was like, eh, yeah, not really for me, but it took me a little while to actually pick my school because like the weight of the commitment kind of hit me. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. if I, I need to commit to the school and like, this is my school. So that was kind of stressful for me. Just like trying to have peace in the fact that like, okay, this, like whatever I pick, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like just really surrendering that to God, like just guiding yeah. my decision process because like very, very tail end trying to pick my school. I was like, shoot like what what if I make the wrong decision like what if I hate it Mm -hmm. but that's another tip if you end up hating the school you choose you can always transfer you are not stuck at your school that's very true and so it did it just kind of stick like the first school you toured you're like okay this is my school and then it was just a matter of like signing and saying I'm gonna go here yeah pretty much I just toured it and I was like yeah I love it here like this is this just feels like home to me for some reason and then yeah. And then I, I think it was like the very last day that you had to make the decision. I made the decision because I oh, wanted wow. to like be really sure. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm super happy with my decision. I definitely know I'm in the right place. Yeah. What are some things that you looked for and you think people should look for when touring a college? Like the campus, dining hall, roommates, like classes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I would, it really depends on like your priorities and what you as an individual look for in a school. Like for me, I was looking for a safe campus, like somewhere that I felt like I could walk around at night and not fear for my life. So I kind of eliminated all the city options right off the bat. I definitely not a big city girl. Um, My school is a little bit more like, it's not super rural, but it's more so just like a small community type feel, which I really love. So just go with, like, you want a school where you, like, feel safe and comfortable at. Um, For me, the gym was a big priority because, obviously, like, I love working out. It's something I do a lot of in my free time. Um, So I toured the gym, and I absolutely love the gym. Um, That was big for me. Um, And then also, that's something I wish I looked a little bit more into was the dining plan Mm -hmm. options because at Grand Valley, not gonna lie, the food is not the best. (laughs) There are like some good options, but as a whole, like wasn't super impressed. So if that's really important to you, I would really make sure that like you go to a school where you have options. Um, um, But yeah. And then as for roommates, I would make sure that you know your roommate going in I knew my roommate well at least I thought I did going in and then I actually started living with her and it was it wasn't the greatest situation is all I'll say but yeah so that was kind of yeah that was my main problem I think freshman year was just the my roommate situation but Mm -hmm. overall yeah it just really depends on you as an individual and what your biggest priorities are and were you dorming your first year or were you living in like a house situation? I was in a dorm. Okay. 
Okay, so wasn't are, my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I know that like especially in a dorm, that's why the dining situation you you know it can be important to look into it because dorm rooms are not very like cooking friendly. Um, but what are your tips? Like, what did you learn along the way living in a dorm? Yeah, so I I learned I learned a lot. Um, I learned that well with the whole roommate thing. I feel like that was the biggest issue for me. So I just kind of learned like how to be patient, how to work with difficult people because I don't know. I feel like I'm very easy to live with. I'm very go with the flow, but my roommate was just very very like particular. Like everything had to be mm. a certain way. Like, but yeah but then like everything was also placed on me like she wouldn't do any of the cleaning um it was just kind of a mess so just stand up for myself too because I've never been a very assertive person so if that if you find yourself getting into a difficult roommate situation just know that you're learning a lot along the way and it won't go to waste yeah um but yeah and then also Oh, uh, let's see. I learned, I definitely learned how to budget a lot mm, with that's money a big because, one. because I never paid attention to that when I was younger, but even before college, like my senior year, because my mom always just did the food shopping. I was like, okay, cool. Like we have food in the house. But then when I was actually on my own and having to like buy food, because we did actually have a good amount of appliances in our dorm because we did we chose two bedroom apartment style. So, but there, it was like very small. It was not an apartment by any means. Like <laughs> my room was a closet. And so we had like a very, very small oven and a microwave. So we were able to do like a little bit of cooking, but I was also paying for a meal plan. And so I let all that money go to waste, find good deals on food. So that was very valuable to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I know like college, especially people who are stuck in the tiny, tiny dorms, you learn how to like make the most food out of the fewest ingredients and like the most meals out of the fewest ingredients. Um, and like spicing up dining hall food too, you know, I don't know if you yeah. know that, like go get food, bring it back and like add stuff to it. Yeah. yeah, I did that a lot. I just bought different things at the store. And then I was like, okay, I'll just go to the dining hall and get like, I don't know, like a chicken breast or like just vegetables and I'll add meat to it. Or like I made pot, like, yeah, that's another thing. Like you become very innovative with food. Yeah. Like I made pasta in the microwave and yeah, like there's just, <laughs> just crazy things you never <laughs> think about doing. You just try all these different hacks and yeah. it works. It works for the broke college student. Yeah, that's funny. How did you personally find balance in college with like your running and lifting and then also with academics and social life and um, a relationship with God too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely hard. I feel like it's something that I'm still working on because I have a tendency to overbook myself. I just mm. say yes to literally everything and it always comes back to bite me in the butt, but it's okay because I'm here. I passed all my classes. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but you really want to make sure you're prioritizing the right things. Um, like I know it can be really tempting to want to totally prioritize your social life and just all the fun stuff, but you have to remember that you are at college to be a student and to get good grades and to pass your classes. So you have to really make sure that your, like your classes and your grades are your number one priority 
or else you're gonna have to retake classes and that's just a lot more money and I don't recommend. So just making sure you're prioritizing your study time. And then, well, first and foremost, like my number one priority is my like time with God, but I feel like it always gets pushed to the back burner. So making sure that I set aside time in the day to like, even if it's just like five to 10 minutes, just like praying and, you know, going through my Bible a little bit and just like doing things throughout the day that like, just bring me joy and happiness. So just like taking study breaks and setting aside time to go to the gym and see friends and everything. It's just, it really comes down to organizing and planning your day efficiently and using a planner. Definitely use a planner. Highly recommend. Um, yeah, it's, you have to find what works best for you. Like not yeah. everyone actually, yeah, not everyone's going to love using a physical planner, but just using a Google, Google calendar or yeah. setting reminders in your phone, like, or like setting timers for studying, like you'll study for 30 minutes and you'll give yourself a five to 10 minute break. So just like using the timer app on your phone for that is super easy and a simple way to keep yourself on track. You just have to make sure you're disciplined about it. Yeah. Find, find ways that work personally for you to stay organized pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Cause everyone has such a different organizational yeah. style and learning style. So just figuring out, it might take a little bit of trial and error, but just figuring out what works best for you as an individual. Yeah. yeah. That's all you can do. That's all any of us can really do. Like I know personally, I, I love the idea of pulling out like a physical planner and writing down stuff, but I cannot. Every time I buy one, I have like all the years I bought one still empty. <laughs> like I write in it for a week and then it's empty. Um, so yeah, like finding what works for you is really important. And Switching to friendships a little bit, you mentioned that you found some really good friends in college. What traits do you look for in a friend? Yeah, so I really look for people who, like, I really look for people who challenge me and, like, push me to, like, grow into the very best version of myself that I can be. Like, I really tend to stay away from people who are just, like, bringing in a lot of negativity into my life and, very dramatic and just, yeah, just not good things, follow them. So I just really make sure to look for like people who are like super friendly and genuine and loyal, caring, honest, just good overall, just like good people. Like, I just feel like my friends and I, like, we just clicked so well because you can just tell how genuine they are. And and, like, it's all about like the first impression and the vibes you get from people like, if I get a good vibe from you, like, we're going to be, we're going to be best friends. Like, I will, like, yeah, I'll keep you around. But yeah, there's definitely been some people that I've met throughout college that I've been like, yeah, I don't know, not really for me. Like, I will, I'm literally friendly to everyone, but there's just certain people where you're just like, okay, like, I'm not going to devote all of my time and energy to you. I'm going to direct that towards the people who are inspiring me and challenging me to grow. And yeah. So yeah, don't be like super selective with who you're friendly with, but Mm -hmm. be picky about who you're friends with. I love that. I was just about to say, you can be friendly, but not be friends. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go into a situation and you immediately just your intuition tells you that this person is not someone you should be like hanging out with a ton, you know, trust that because your intuition is not like, it's not going to mislead you usually. 
Yeah. Yeah. I would say go with your gut instinct. Like if you just feel like someone is just not the best example for you and just not the type of person you should be spending all of your time with, then you should, you should listen to that because that was kind of my, like, that was definitely my gut instinct with my freshman year roommate that I ended up having a lot of problems with. And, but I just kept making excuses for it. I was like, no, no, no. Like, like it's like, she's just like, like, it's just because of this or just because of this, like, it's really easy to make excuses for people. But at the end of the day, you really have to be picky with your energy and like who you are giving all that energy to and who you are allowing just like into your life and just what you're listening to because who you hang out with is literally who you become. Like there's a, I forget what verse it is in the Bible, but it's good or bad company corrupts good character. And that is Mm. so true because if you are not surrounding yourself with people who are uplifting you and building you up and just inspiring you and challenging you to become like, you just, you won't grow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I have a couple of fun closing questions that I give everyone. Um, so the first one, walk us through like a little day in your life. Ooh, okay. I'll do my summer day that I've pretty much been having every day um, since I've been working. So for these days, I typically, this is like a day where I work six hours and not 12 because those days are very boring. I'm literally just at work all day long. Um, but Typically, I would wake up around 7.30 or 8 and I would immediately eat a protein bar because I cannot work out or run fasted. And you shouldn't be working out or running fasted. Um, And then I immediately go into my time with God. I'll read the Bible. I'll pray. I'll do a devotional. And then around like an hour after I eat my protein bar, I'll go on my run or I'll lift, whatever. And then after that, I will come back and I will shower and get all ready for work. And then I work and at work, I usually like eat lunch. Like I don't usually, I don't don't get a lunch break on six hour shifts, but I'll hide in the bathroom and eat a sandwich or something because I'm not going to go six hours without eating anything. And then after work, I usually get off at seven for those shifts and I'll just get home. I'll relax for a little bit cause I'm on my feet all day at work. So typically like at my old job, I would go on a hot girl walk after my, after my shift, but the shift is like just constant, like moving around and running around the clinic, trying to help patients. So I'll get home. I'll relax for a little bit. I'll like hang out with my family. Um, then we'll eat dinner and just get ready for the next day. That's pretty yeah. much been my whole yeah. summer. It's just like working and working out and eating repeat (laughs) summer summer of an athlete who's also you know trying to advance in college (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) yeah and then what would your deathbed meal be like your last meal on earth Ooh, for okay for a sweet meal I would do chocolate chip pancakes topped with peanut butter banana oh okay okay and then for dessert I would do chocolate lava cake because I am just I have the biggest chocolate like chocolate tooth like not yeah. even sweet tooth it's just a just chocolate, chocolate tooth <laughs> yeah I love chocolate and then for a savory meal I would do salmon pesto pasta with veggies Ooh, okay that's a good wow that's a good little lineup there <laughs> oh yeah you gotta oh, get yeah. all the goods in there <laughs> yeah exactly especially if it's your last meal 
you have his last meal ever might as well just go all out yeah yeah go out with a bang yeah anyways thank you so much for coming on I think you had a lot of insight to give um on a lot of topics and I hope everyone's listener questions got answered because people did give listener questions um and we'll see everyone oh wait tell everyone where they can follow you oh okay my instagram is fit happy healthy kales and my tiktok is kaylee line with two e's at the end of line so it's l-i-n-e-e you guys know the drill go give those a follow and i'll catch you guys in the next episode